Welcome to the MMA Geeks Podcast. Uh, this is Stan Jirai with my friend Nick Braccia. We're here to break down UFC Fight Night 145, Blockowicz versus Santos uh, in Prague coming up this Saturday. It's actually a morning event, so watch out and tune in at 8 a.m. on the East Coast. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's actually uh, actually a surprisingly decent card for where it's located, I would say. There's some names in the very bottom of the undercard uh, that I recognized, which I didn't expect to. And it's uh, on ESP, ESPN Plus or Fight Pass? Um, from what I understand, the, the ESPN2 oh. is where the prelims will okay. show, and then ESPN Plus is where the uh, where the main card is going to air. Interesting. So you should be done with this event. We're, we're, we're thinking like by 3 p.m., which is, I think, pretty awesome. Well, did you say that it starts at 8 a.m.? 8 a.m. on the East Coast, yeah. Okay. The, the, the prelims. The prelims. Do. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to having Saturday Night Free. Yeah, it's my birthday. Is it really? Yeah, it is. And I'm going out That's to dinner. That's pretty exciting, Nick. Is it friends or uh, immediate family? No, or uh, uh, a t- uh, my favorite teacher from college is a good friend of mine is going to be in town. Very so cool. I just yeah nice. lucked out that way. Um, and, uh, and and any uh, any any regrets or things uh, <laughs> things you're looking forward to uh, uh, prior to next year? I got to get my ass in shape. No, yeah, lots of I'll things. It's there, getting Nick. old. Getting <laughs> um, don't get old is what I tell everyone. I don't know how I got into my nearly mid forties, but uh, I'm here. Nick, I hate um, to break this to you, and and I think folks need to see pictures of us because you're a very handsome man. Oh, you don't you. look like you're in your mid forties. I don't. I got to shave this white off like my beard. Old, I'll tell you that much. I, I appreciate that. Um, coming coming from a virtual model over here. I have you the, are, of the you two are of very us. Kind of the two you of us. And my I, mother <laughs> have bad taste, and my wife. I have the I have the uh, I have the two of us. I have the face for radio, as, <laughs> as they say. That is uh, uh, that, that is very funny and untrue. So there. very quickly, um, well, we just had a card. What card did we just watch? Uh, we just. Oh, watched. and you won. You beat me. Yeah, you know what, Nick? I I thought you'd never bring it up. We are what. Two and a half, two, two, over two I minutes forget, into this I've, podcast, I've so and this good. is the first moment that you're going to bring this up, Nick. Are you, the single most important event, the single most important right result you in, in the history of this podcast. You told me, and it's all because we would have tied, but Brian Barberina oh, could yes. not he just make it dance, <laughs> spend the last 30 seconds of that fight. Man, uh, what like a, Cain Velasquez doesn't have it in him to not attack at all times. Oh. Barbarina doesn't have it in him uh, to, to just kind of dance around and wait back for a minute. I can't believe, we, yeah. So we, we you can spend a couple of minutes talking about um, talking about that card. That Luke uh, Barbarina fight was amazing. I it was absolutely incredible. Clearly, I mean, I was sure it was fight of the night. I, I was confident it might be fight of the year. It was like shade. It was shades of Diaz Daly. Like it was just but Diaz Daly was such a short fight. Compared it was. To this yeah, one this was like finished, three rounds. But it went that, like the, they, almost. The full. They both knocked each other down. It yes. was well. I guess the reason I keep coming back to the Diaz brothers is Barbarina, who I hadn't really seen do this as much before, was throwing strikes like a Diaz brother, just flicking him out there. With different degrees of uh, of strength power, yeah. and for you know, different yeah. degrees of power, maybe not mixing in as many fastballs with the changeups, which is what the the Diaz boys do. That I think you know guys get used to getting slapped, and then all of a sudden they get well, I, clocked. I actually think Barbarina throws more power shots than the Diaz's do on it. I mean, Barbarina, yeah. he like I think if we look at the stats on this fight, I'd be shocked if he didn't throw 85 percent power shots. Like he he doesn't really. There's so many, but they were. He, yeah, they, they they don't look like I hear they you. Don't, he's, he was I, I flicking them out. He was throwing jabs. Like uh, you, can, you can't be moving you. that quickly and throwing hard. It's impossible. Um. It well, like, well. The thing is that there's the argument to be made that there's guys that have natural power in their hands. There's guys yeah. that have natural power from their technique, uh, or power from their technique, and then there's guys that actually have power purely from speed. It's it's but, it's, it's it's predominantly like a boxing concept. If you have this right kind of snap in his punch, which he does not. No, but you're right. From Luke's response to the shots, he was being overwhelmed they at were times. Him, there yeah. were other shots that hit him. He was being overwhelmed just by the volume. Yeah, there were other there were clear shots and hooks that rocked him. But it wasn't when Barbarina was in his face throwing six, seven, ten punches. Yeah, it was in that a one clean left hand when he threw it. I think it was his left hand when he threw it. That, but that he was, that ha- was, I don't know, I didn't see, I didn't see the official cards, but he in my mind uh Barbarina had uh definitely okay. uh, well, I had Barbarina winning two rounds of the fight. Um, I did too. I, I think I had he, him, and he uh, all he had to do was circle away, <laughs> circle away, and kill, and just circle away and defend for the last thirty, forty seconds. 
And it didn't happen. I don't know how exhausted he was. I'm sure he was exhausted. They threw there were more more significant strikes landed in that fight. Insane damage, but one of them had significantly more power and athleticism. Yes, much more power. And that that won out at the end. Uh, Luke isn't necessarily known for uh, having the conditioning to pull off a win like that late. He he was he was great. He was great. He saved he saved up uh, just enough. And Barbarina again. I've talked about this before. How composure can win fights like. That Barbara, almost did it for Barbarina was getting clobbered in the first half of the first right. round. Uh, just clobbered by massive power shots that have put out lots of other guys. Never lost his cool. Agreed. Um, so that was a great fight. What we, we feared was going to happen in the main event happened exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We didn't, not, both of us were hoping against it, but we both picked Nganu uh, quickly, yeah. big, very quickly, and yeah. that's exactly what happened. But there's been a lot of controversy online over whether or not um, it was the uppercut or the knee. Yeah, and you I, and I have been texting about this quite and a well, bit. And I watched Chael, Chael Sonnen. Had a, his, his YouTube channel is fantastic. Um, and his show with Ariel Hawani is quite good. And uh, Chael, good stuff is just not always at all fact-based. No. <laughs> with Chael, go on. <laughs> well, Chael had a, Chael had a, like a 15-minute breakdown of, of that fight because he got called on it because Chael thought that it was a punch. And a guy told him, no, it was the knee. And the and he said that going back and looking at the footage, yeah. Going back and looking at the footage, he said that Nganu makes contact, but it's more of a push than a punch. That's what I thought at and one it point was, too. And it was a combination of probably Nganu's strength in, and Kane being off balance. I mean, he definitely made contact and his knee went. It just, you know, it ends up probably being something closer to like Woodley Condit. Than it then like an then getting caught like Overeem did, like at least that's the I way disagree. that Chael, that's the way Chael's positioning it. Oh yeah, I hear it, and I disagree with Chael I'm not sure. a lot because again, facts. I'm are not. not it, really I'd love to. We still haven't. There was no camera pointing at uh, like the the reverse angle behind Nganu where we can see Kane. Take I should have sent this to you. No. Um, I uh, yeah, it's not a reverse. It's not behind Nganu, but it's kind of a profile view of both of those guys. And th- there's a video that shows it very. Very slowly, and I mean like image by image, and it just pauses, and then it moves on a millisecond and pauses, right? And you think he got? It shows and, and, that he and, got slapped. This is what you clearly see: you see Ngannou through throw that right uppercut right by his own chest at Kane mm-hmm. because that's where Kane's right. jaw was. Yeah, yes, it's very short. You, you you see you see Kane's jaw kind of protrude on the uh, uh, <laughs> on, on the camera side because he's got hit with a huge shot, okay. and then you see Kane's eyes close. And then in the next clip, Kane's eyes are closed, and as as Kane is actually performing a split, clear, seemingly of no like of no choice of his own, right? His eyes are shut, and then at some point, and I assume that's where the snap happens. That's when that's when he tears the the meniscus. I think is what people are saying. He, that's when he wakes up and he's and he's clearly in visible pain. So his eyes are closed for a good second and a half, which is a long time for your eyes to be closed in a, in a fight. Right. Uh, well, maybe a second. And and that that again that's not a blink that is multiple blinks mm-hmm. like like that second is a long time in a fight against a, a monster to have your eyes closed and he's dropping and he's dropping and he's dropping and he's suddenly in a full split eyes open in pain and and falls over and gets finished to me there's no doubt after watching some of the different footage that I've watched that it was a clean right hand from Ngannou okay. that knocked him in a more similar fashion to the way that Gabriel Gonzaga knocked out Krokop years ago than to the way that Woodley. Didn't Gonzaga uh, knock him out with a head, with a giant head kick? With a giant head kick, but yeah. what I mean by that is the way that Krokop oh, fell with his yes. leg kind of backwards. Yes, I remember that. Um, it, it was more like that. It's more the fact that him being knocked out is what led for him to fall awkwardly, mm-hmm. not that he fell awkwardly, uh, which took him out of the fight. The other fight that I I think we both picked wrong, and we were we were very torn on where we should go with this, was Felder Vic. Yes, we we both thought that Felder would have a lot of trouble closing the distance. Yes, holy cow, he did a great job. He. I've never seen someone land such a high percentage of spinning shit. Did he land a I know he landed a t- I know he, he probably landed two or, he two landed or three most of, He landed most he of did, his huh? back fists. That's awesome. Um, um, he he looked, and for a guy who apparently fought some of the third round with a collapsed lung. I agree. Yeah, that, but... Felt, I wonder man. if he even realized that at the time. I, I know I've been in a fight where 
Uh, I have a broken rib in the first round, and I have no idea until my sister hugs me to oh. congratulate me afterward. No clue. Wow. Uh, so there's a good chance he didn't realize it at the time, but, man, is he tough. And, man, what does that say about Vic and the damage he can do? And he, like, went through it and, and won despite it. Uh, he knew well, that. Vic was complaining to his corner about his calf hurting, which surprised me. You don't usually hear... True. You don't usually hear guys between rounds complain about body parts. I think Vic has I guess a little GSP, bit of a she, mental... Uh, yeah. Like, if, if he has a weakness, it's probably there more than anywhere else. Obviously, yeah. him backing up to the fence with his chin very high is a weakness, but yeah. m- mentally, I think, is, is it's moments like that that I think make all the difference. It's it's the yeah. difference between a guy that'll, that, that'll ignore he, and not, fight It's not just it. his height. He reminds me of a fighter I like a lot, Ben, Sa- uh, ben Saunders, who I've been a fan of for a long time. I think they've got a similar physical style. Um, but also, they both keep their chins way. Yeah. I mean, Saunders got much better jujitsu. Um, yeah, I, I think Saunders probably has better jujitsu, better knees, but but Vic is overall uh, a better boxer. Yeah, a better overall fight. Like he's reached a higher level than I think Saunders ever has. Yeah, I com- I completely agree. But man, Felder, uh, Felder, Felder did his he, thing. He, he knew that plan. his his overhand right was going to be key to this fight, and he's not necessarily one to focus. On those long-range weapons, uh, he might throw them, but he's not very effective with them normally. He knew that he could and needed to land it here. I think that him becoming a commentator, he got inside. Uh, yeah, you're he's right so about that smart. to land some of his yeah. elbows and, and his spinning techniques. Um, I think that him becoming a, a a commentator for the UFC has opened him up to a whole new world. He's now friends with Dominic Cruz, with uh, Daniel Cormier. He's a great commentator too. Agreed. But I think it's opened him up to a whole new level. I think it's yeah. opened him up to new expectations, and he wants to meet those expectations. He's a mentally pretty strong guy, and I think now that he's uh, under a more structured training program under um, – where is he training now? Uh, De Griffiths. That's that's right. Uh, under a more regimented training program than at the at – I'm the, pretty sure. That, I'm pretty, I, I believe you're – that sounds familiar. Okay. Uh, I believe he's in Milwaukee. Um, and, and, yeah, I think there's much more structure to his game than back when he was training at the – uh, Greg Jackson slash slash Donald Cerrone camps, and it's showing. He's he's hitting a different level, and I think he has the potential if he can make it to lightweight. He's a huge lightweight man. When they faced off, I did not expect for him to look almost as tall as Vic. Um, great fight, big dude. Uh, not much else to say about. I mean, we had some right, some good picks, some poor picks. Um, Nick Lentz did the Nick Lentz thing. I picked that one he over did. you. Yep. Um, I changed my pick from Lentz like a fool uh, right uh, before the event. Hen Brow was landing. Really great body kicks he looks in the so first round. The first, then, yeah. then he just he he got hit with a one two. That I mean, it was a perfectly fine one two, but you don't expect a former you know yeah. pound for pound guy to get slept like that. I just think his from the weight cuts or what have you, his chin's been compromised. I think there's a lot to it. I think the fact that he's been hurt a few times, the fact that uh, Usada is is in play might be a factor. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a lot of miles on him at this point, either way. And, and when the last fight, I think we'll talk. Well, we, we can talk about Cron uh, Gracie. I think we've got to give him a, a thirty was, seconds at least. He was he was fantastic. He did. He went. You know, he went straight Maya. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and, and and I think he's at, he's an athlete. Um, I think his forward pressure is effective. I think he could be a real uh, danger in this division. Although I do doubt. And that those, guy, those, guy, those guys, those guys, those guys are bantam. I believe right? one forty-five. Oh, they're one four featherweights. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did Caceres used to fight at 135? I think he did make a few appearances there. He fought Faber, yeah. but I think yeah. he fought Faber after Faber had gone down. I, I think he's yeah, um, I think he's fluctuated his, okay. his divisions. And so Philly, who I've never really liked, uh, put it together. He was disciplined and threw his jab. Who's that? Uh, Andre, Andre Philly. Philly. Got uh, it. I had yes. picked against him. I picked Miles Jury, who hasn't really uh, reached his potential. Who seemed a little trigger shy, honestly, ever since his Cerrone fight. I agree with you, actually. Um, and there may have been some moments after that fight where, where he looked good, but I think they've been few and far between. And coming off of getting uh, slept by Money Mendez, um, you know, from Feely's camp, um, which probably helped Feely, you know, quite I a bit. I didn't think of that. I, if Mendez, who, know, who knows which of those guys still train over there? I can't keep track. There's yeah, so many. I, I heard that Feely actually left Team Alpha oh. Hill, but then he had. Danny Castillo in his corner, and I'm not Did sure he, if Castillo is still with TAM. It, it's a bit of a mess over there, even though they're still producing great fighters. Yeah, uh, they could be they, they could be the best camp in the world if they had, I think, proper uh, uh, proper head coach. Chaos and Hobbiton. They had they had a 
They had Martin Campman for a while, but I think he's gone back to Copenhagen. He doesn't really have the experience. Like he has, he has no proven track record. I mean, a, a legitimate head well, coach. I think they were has... looking to re- re- replace Bang with a with a, a guy with a kickboxing background because all those guys are right. I mean, most of Team Alpha Male comes from a wrestling background. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just but he's a different like, kind of kickboxer. I feel like talent wise and with what they're doing, given the lack of high level trainers, um, consistently. I think it's incredible. I think they, mm-hmm. they they could be the best team in the world if they just got yeah. their shit together. And it seems like your Fabe's personality doesn't mesh well with uh, with a whole lot of folks. Actually, seems like he's a he's a harder guy to get along with than he seems in he's the not, public eye. He's not like surfer. No, surfer chill. I, I don't think he's, I don't blame him. I, I think he's a badass businessman. Who's it's not all it's not all flip flops and fish tacos. <laughs> no, but he would have <laughs> you believe that, Nick. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I know he's where he's from. Uh, well, I guess he's—I guess he's a Sacramento guy now, but he's from the, the uh, what's it, Isla Isla Vista. He's from near Santa Barbara, which is like, have you ever been to Santa Barbara? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's yeah. like Shangri-La. It's like the yeah. chillest. You, know, you can't figure out what anyone does for a living, but everyone's yeah, lo- I, I, everyone's loaded and it's beautiful. I figure you, Uriah probably had a pretty nice childhood, but he, he's also put in the work and worked his ass off. Oh, he's great. Got he knocked out and he, taken damage. And listen, for the, he was he the, deserves the, a success. He was the Liddell of the little guys. Yes, except Ten. he was good. Yes. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, Uriah was on the cover was when he was at WCEC. He was at least on the cover of sports magazines. Um, you know, good-looking kid, great talker. Um, and he won He won those fights with Flash up until he ran into, you know, up until he ran into Mike Brown. Well, up until he basically got into a structured division, if you ask me. Like, uh, he was just fighting in different organizations and everybody was kind of middle level. And once you got a group of guys in the same, in the same division, in the same organization that were truly the top 10 and that got figured out. That's when he started to, by the way, he was still top five, top 10 oh, consistently. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's when we realized like he's not the best. Um, right. And he was still in his prime, I think, when we realized that he wasn't the best. Or yeah, he well, he'd been laid out by best. Tyson Griffin before. Uh, That's right, back in the day. You know, yeah. yeah, back in the day. And, and then Tyson was successful, but, you know, bottom tier of the top 10 level UFC fighter. And his, his run, Uriah's, Uriah's, like, run of submissions and TKOs and WEC, had some, there were some nice feathers in his cap, but there were also a lot of, of guys that were shop, you know, shop-worn. You know, the Jeff, yeah, Jeff two Curran. Of his, two of his wins were over. Uh, uh, look, I Curran, love he's Curran, the biggest Jen Pulver fan in the world. Pulver, but, two of his wins were but over. But he gave, he gave, based on where Jen's was in, in his career and Jen's size, which Jen's was a five round war, guy. I think, the first one. It was one, a right? five round war. And the second, I think, I think it was because Uriah gave him a lot of, a lot of respect. Yeah. Um, and in the second fight, you just, you know, Uriah knew he could take his power and then and just went in and got the choke. Uh, man, I remember rooting for Jen so hard in Same that first here. fight. Same here. Um, right there with you, bud. So he uh, was a guy. The last thing I'll say, I remember reading, like, go back 12 years, um, reading Jen's uh, autobiography and then another book about the um, the group that Pat, the Pat Militech ran out there. I ended up emailing with one of the author with the author of that book, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere. I got an email from Jens saying that he appreciated the support in me reading his book. I didn't even email him. I love him. that, man. I got it from, yeah, the author must have forwarded my note to Jens. That's really nice. Who then sent it, sent me a note. And I think we're still connected on Facebook. Never met him, but like, cool. you know, occasionally wishes me a happy birthday on Facebook. Like, it, he's, just a, cool. he's just a really, really great guy um, who went through a lot of shit before, you know, before he became a lightweight champion. I have a bit of a connection to the Miltich camp in that uh, my the first kind of team that I fought for, which was called uh, Miltich New York, mm-hmm. uh, they were kind of affiliated, and and my coaches had gone out to Miltich and trained with those guys many times, and they had stories when they came back. So I was I was technically I started fighting as a Miltich fighter oh, I didn't technically, know that. and then uh, and then ended up in an American Top Team sect uh, in New York as well. So I have a bit of a connection. I have a, there's a story about uh, Jens Pulver choking somebody out, and then. And then, uh, and then the guy waking up in in a haze, and, and Jen's Jen's kind of never letting him forget it. He, it sounds like he was one of those <laughs> locker room guys that would yeah. that, that, that would uh, the, he trolls people a little yes, bit. Yes, yeah, especially the newer guys. Sounds like a fun guy. Yeah, well, those guys in Iowa it sounded like a tough room. No doubt. Like oh, of, yeah. of that those, crew, yeah, I like Lawler. You know, I like Lawler and I like Pulver, but some of those other guys like Hughes and them that. I don't know. I mean, they get really Tim into, Sylvia Hughes. Who, when Hughes gets who, into the Jesus stuff, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, not I'm not into Hughes' personality overall. Um, besides the fact that I, uh, I'm not much of a believer. Yeah, I'm happy he didn't. You know, die from getting 
hit by the train. But same. Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't wish bad about him uh, upon him. I just wish that he had a better personality. I did like. I liked. <laughs> I didn't like it when he got floored by the train. I liked it when he got floored by Tiago Alves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, he probably had no business losing Tiago Alves. Tiago Alves was clearly on steroids at that point. Oh, there is I no, don't know. <laughs> watch the fight again and tell He's me massive. that any man that looks like Tiago Alves with Wayne's popping out of every yeah. part of his body the way that it did yeah. and suddenly doesn't anymore. Tell me so, that that's, uh, yeah. that, that's him fighting clean. So before we talk briefly about this mediocre card, um, GSP retired today. GSP retired. One of my one of my favorites. One of the guys, like, GSP was coming up just as I was getting into the sport. Um, and... Same he was here, like actually. around him and Ed, him and Edgar were the guys I marked out for Early the hardest because I always I was like the quiet and I mean Maya later like quiet martial arts guys who aren't interested in hurting people they just want to test themselves like the very like you know the very samurai yeah uh, it, 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 kind it of fighters very, yeah I think it was similar like, things really that made a, like them. you know really a, 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 have always appealed to me and um, I, I, I watched uh, the Bisbing fight last night. Just because I heard heard that the, that the press conference was going to happen today, was he retiring? Yeah, that he was retiring, and I so I figured I would rewatch his his most recent fight, not all stressed out. Because when I watched it live, I was probably shaking. I hear that. I was <laughs> more worried than GSP was. How and, how could you be worried? GSP was destroying Bisping. He was uh, just never hurting him terribly. Remember, it's GSP. It's yeah. No, well, and the sec the second round. Bis, I mean, Bisping. Buzzed him hard. Did he? In the second round, he landed two hooks, and and GSP said later that's his power that, shot. For GSP said too. later that that he was badly hurt, and he tried was tra- and he tried to hide it. And this time I watched, and I was like, oh, that was a shot. I'm going to rewatch that fight. And he also got um, he also got cut up badly by those elbows. But what he did do um, was he was hitting just remarkable combos Superman jab into a you know into, into a leg kick. leg kick I know that's one of his favorites I picked that up from him it was incredible um, and it just got me thinking When and you're also just watching his footwork especially versus Bisbing who's who doesn't have bad footwork but the level of athleticism and just the core strength and leg fitness of GSP I, I, you know it's no joke that he played uh, you know he Bertrand or Beltran the Leaper in uh, in Captain America Winter Soldier. He was a bad guy. That's right. And um, it's I, I, I think that GSP's legs, GSP's core, was probably the you can put it up against any other weapon in the last fifteen years of MMA. I, I when you look you. when you look at what drives his striking, quick. his level changes and his, his explosive double, double yep. and you watch him That's kind of almost hip like he's right? like he's made out of elastic. As you know, as you see his footwork, you watch the way that his his body. Um, you know, moves and flexes versus uh, Bisping. I don't want to say yeah, a regular guy, that, Bisping. Yeah. and I'm just like, I really do. Th- I really do think that that level, and that's so why did he did all the gymnastics. But that aspect of GSP's fitness um, that drove both his striking and his ground game. I have no problem saying it was the most effective weapon in the last decade and a half of mixed martial arts. Um, it's hard. To, I think there's like the argument could be made that you know. A right hand of Francis Ngannou is is the most effective. It's like uncanny. But GSP is a man that started training all of MMA. He didn't. He didn't. I mean, he did have. I think a, uh, some kind of a karate. Yeah, background, yeah. Uh, maybe Shotokan. Um, and he or Q, 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 uh, Q cushion. Q, 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 yeah, right. it's Q cushion. Um, and and he and he. And he changed, and he leveraged that into an excellent boxing game. He leveraged it into an incredible wrestling game. He was wrestling with the Olympic team, um, I think in freestyle. And, and, and from what I understand, he was doing quite well. And we saw what he did against other wrestlers that have been wrestling since they were three or four years old. He was just a better athlete, and he was smarter. Every Very little bit smart. counted for him. When, when I think it was Johnny Hendricks got a full, uh, when he found out that Johnny Hendricks had a full-sized octagon leading up to their bout, uh, to practice in, George St. Pierre immediately got a full octagon put into TriStar Gym. Like, this is how every little centimeter counts for him. He took no shortcuts. Um, GSP, uh, he's a consummate professional. He had one of the better, longest, and strongest win streaks of of, of anyone in the history of the sport. I mean, dating back to 2007, Koscheck, Hughes, Sarah, Fitch, Penn, Alves, Hardy, Koscheck, Shields, Condit, Diaz, Hendricks, Bisping, all fell to George St. Pierre. Much better than Anderson's run. No doubt about it. And goes. here's what GSP has over every other 
goat besides maybe Fedor, before any other person that's in that goat conversation, the greatest of all time conversation, he hasn't been popped for steroids. He looks like he may, but he never I has. I don't think he has. I, I I have no strong reason to believe that he has. He looked uh, the same le- He's had the same level of body fat from his first fight to his last fight. He just put on more muscle over the years, and that's understandable. Um, there was no major shift like with Tiago Alves, where he went from looking like a bodybuilder to looking mm-hmm. like a like a slender fighter. Also, um, GSP got hurt a lot. He did, he did get dudes injured. On, a lot. Dudes on steroids get injured less. Although I will say, muscle tears are another sign of steroid use. Um, but Were his knee injuries muscle tears? I, I believe so. L- ligament tend- uh, ligament and muscle yeah. tears. I, I believe. Was but, 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 he had but, similar but again, injuries to Connor and and Cruz. Uh, yeah, you, you you might be right, and, and those guys uh, th- those guys are not likely at all on steroids. Uh, G- George George, uh, yeah, as far as I can tell, a clean athlete, twenty six and two at his retirement, and his last two fights being title fights in the hundred seventy and hundred eighty five pound divisions respectively, and he won both of those bouts. Did you give him the the Johnny Hendricks fight? I did not give it to him, but he won the no. darn decision. And if they rematch now, or if they rematch at any point after that fight. I mean, I, I don't think you and I can imagine a world in which Hendricks would get that guy. And again, Hendricks is another guy that Hendricks looked excellent. Hendricks just lost to Dakota up until Usada came in. He lost to Dakota, whatever, from Tough yeah. in a bare knuckle fight. The, the, the Dakota Fanning, I think. Who? No, that's an actress. <laughs> no, uh, Dakota Cochran. Dakota Cochran, who I believe also doubles as a porn star. Well, he had there was he did done a uh, yeah he had done a gay for pay movie. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was it was just one. Okay, yeah, so at least, uh, I don't know. I, I just remember it being a big thing when that season of Tough was on. Yeah, that, 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 that hey, was. I uh, don't judge anybody. That was, that was everybody's everybody's got to get back paid. when scandals were like that size, Nick. Yeah, very different. Back times. in the days when Junie Browning commanded cable ratings. Oh, can you? Do you remember, my God, Junie Browning! Whatever happened to that guy? Oof, nothing good. Uh, yeah, you, you probably. I, I wonder. Like, he, he's a guy that I that I would not be, and this sounds terrible, but I would not be terribly shocked if if he was either in jail or over. Like, he's a guy that seemed like he was headed for trouble. Um, so I, I would like to actually look into him. Maybe we'll discuss him next episode. Yeah, and see where uh, Junie yeah, Browning episode is now. six of the MMA Geeks, the Junie Browning show, Junie, Junie Browning show. So, so let's yeah, let's talk while we've got a couple of minutes about this uh, this card this weekend from Prague. Um, we've got. Uh, a not boring main event. Probably. Oh uh, yeah, it, it would be. Uh, Yan Yan can make a fight boring if he is on top. Uh, he's not terribly uh, f- like he's not terribly effective in finishing guys there, but he can hold position. Uh, that's the only situation I think in which yeah, this fight can be boring. Did, I guess he had a board. Was the second fight with Jimmy Manoa boring? I don't really remember. It was. It was on his. It wasn't boring. It just wasn't the most exciting thing in the world. It was on his terms. Tiago Santos doesn't really have boring fights, so. He doesn't. I mean, it's very difficult to have a boring fight with that man. And Although he's, I don't think he's gonna, they're gonna be. Able, I don't think he's gonna be able to hold him down. You don't think Blackowicz is? I don't know. Um, yeah, Tiago's looked pretty spectacular ever since he doesn't have to cut weight anymore. You're giving this one to Santos? Who the hell knows? <laughs> um, the odds are dead even. Dead. Yeah, rightfully, even. I think. I. Pff, I have no idea what's gonna happen. I guess I will. You know, I'll pick Santos because Santos fights are, Santos fights are better for the UFC and better for action than Jan fights are. Fair enough. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Santos by something by something crazy. Um. So there's a great chance that that can happen. Santos has proven to be very hard to handle at at 205. He beat up Eric Anders, who took the fight on short notice, and then he beat up Jimmy yes. Manoa, who Manoa can certainly be knocked out if he doesn't get you first. Um, Kevin Holland was his opponent before that, who is kind of a lanky welterweight. Wasn't really a whole lot of damage done in that bout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holland had to do some surviving, but you know Tiago was willing to get on top and and, and kind of deal with him there. I don't, I think the last couple of fights don't necessarily show as much about Tiago's uh, abilities against a fully equipped two hundred five pounder. Um, well, the Anthony Smith fight does. The, yeah, I don't know that Anthony that Smith was a fully war. equipped 205 pounder. Anthony no, Smith, was, and, Anthony Smith not, and Tiago Santos. Got a title shot. Anthony Smith and Tiago Santos are two offensively talented guys who came up to a way worse division. Yes. And look good against a couple of decent guys who were either yep, were either way past their prime yep. or had major major holes. And and Tiago's not going into a fight against a guy with major holes now. He's not going into a fight against a guy that's easy to finish. I believe his one loss via finish was uh, was via retirement from a leg injury, if, if I understand it correctly. Um, he he gave Alexander Gustafsson a uh, hard time standing up. 
Jan Blackowicz did. Um, he lost a weird decision against Pat Cummins, but he, he has been 4-0 since. Yeah. He beat Jaron Cannonier and Devin Clark, who are significantly more. Actually, he beat, he beat Nikita Krylov. Uh, Krylov, Jimmy Manoa, Jaron Cannonier, and Devin Clark, all who are way more athletic than he is. Tiago is way more athletic than he is. Yes. Tiago is uh, offensively very talented, maybe more so than one or two of those guys, but Nikita Krylov is just as dangerous in every way. Uh, and he had some moments against Jan, I get that. I'm going to give Jan the edge here. I think he's got an okay. excellent jab. I think he's going to be able to keep his range. I think he's going to be able to get takedowns. Neither of these guys, neither of these guys have the best defensive wrestling, but they have decent offensive wrestling. And I think it's going to come through for for Yan. Although I can absolutely see Tiago landing a giant strike, I can also see Yan mm-hmm. uh, controlling him and slowing the fight down to his pace and truly being in full control by the third round if he can get on top. Although I wouldn't be surprised if the damage factor keeps it closer in the third round. How about the, the um, not that interesting co-main event? Stefan Struve against Struve. Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Yeah, um, I, I, I give the edge to de Lima here, although neither guy is very good. I think Struve yeah. is in a really bad point in his life I'm, and in his I'm career. Uh, Struve is on a three-fight losing streak, and his last couple of wins before that weren't exactly against high-quality opposition, um, at least at that point in their careers. Rogero de Lima just came off uh, beating Jeremy Kimball, losing to a Vince St. Preux by submission, mm. and beating Ad- Adam Wizorek. Um, Adam Wizorek is actually a very similar fighter to Struve, younger, less damaged, and better. He was able to take him down and control from up top. I think the Lima should be able to replicate that here and avoid the submission, although the man's been submitted a bunch of times. Um, Next up. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if you've... Have you, have you, uh, you, I picked the Lima. You're, you're picking the Lima. Yeah. Any, anything to add to that, Nick? Not really, no. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> this is a, I, I don't blame this you. This card is not really a co-main event where uh, uh, Gian Vellante, training partner of Chris Weidman. Maybe that's why Chris Weidman hasn't been that successful lately. That's funny. Um, not true. <laughs> Versus uh, Mikhail Olianchuk. name I cannot pronounce. I, I did my best. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Mikhail from now on. Uh, what are your thoughts on the bout, Nick? Um, I just don't think Volante has a great fight IQ against anyone. I think he can make a close he can make a close fight with a like with a street sign. <laughs> like, like I think. <laughs> That I, is the line of this episode, uh, it's safe to say. That's I great. Think, uh, but listen, I'm in favor of anything that's going to put Matt Sarah and Ray Longo on the streets of Prague. I like it. To cause some havoc and to bring some Long Island. Uh, Over to that part of the world. Yes, to the Czech Republic. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't pick Volante. Seems like a great guy to have a slice with. Yeah, like, I'd, have a, I'd have a slice with Seems like a cool guy. Him. I just, yeah. he hasn't, it's... If he he's somehow not, he's managed not, to to befriend two UFC champions, like best friends with two UFC champions. Somehow he like like Chris Weidman lost his title, and then he slowly kind of distanced himself, and suddenly he's best friends with Stephen Miocic at the height of his career. Oh, I didn't know about that. That's right. It's fascinating to me. I wonder Jan if Vlante he's close friends with Stephen. He, he became close friends with Stephen while Stephen was champion. Wow. Uh, now I wonder if Gian is still friends he's with uh, Stipe. He's probably a great training partner. Sometimes people yeah, are just so. sometimes people are just practice people. I mean, I remember I was a, a swimmer. But I wasn't very I wasn't very good D one swimmer, and I remember one time one of our strongest swimmers said, "You know what, Brachi? I was I was doing okay one day." He's like, "You're he's like you're you're a practice swimmer." I was I would do well in the sets and in training, but I was my races weren't great, and it wasn't a it was a I mean I think it was just that uh, I got stronger like an hour and a half into like into stuff like I had good. You um, needed a longer warm. I need it just needed a longer warm up or I. Like, like I can do, Cerrone, I can who, do sets, and I can go and do things for a really, really long time. But I'm never in the amount of time you have to do a race. Like I my, I don't have the physical. Sounds like you're more of a more of a marathon athlete yeah. than, a, than a fast twitch muscle fiber yes. athlete. That, that can yeah, and I don't have a great, I don't have a great body shape for uh, for swimming. I have, a, I have a fine body shape to join Team Alpha Male. I hear uh, that, and, and, <laughs> and by the way. With the right, uh, with I the should right have been style, a, If I could, if I could have gone back in time, like in seventh grade, our gym teacher was a college wrestler. So all we did was beat the shit out of each other and wrestle, <laughs> and I loved it. And I really, I mean, I love that I swam, but I really regret uh, with my body type and how much I grew to love MMA. Yeah. Not, um, not following up and trying to wrestle in high school. Yeah, I, I would imagine because I have the build. I have the build for it. Yeah, for all you know, that might have even enticed you to take a fight or two over the course of uh, over the last uh, fifteen. Yeah, so except years. not against Rob Bennett. No, because <laughs> you were, were you ever there for one of the real throwdowns that we had? 
You and him? No, I've, I've, it's funny. Oh, we would get in the ring with like Stan and I. Uh, um, I used to train at a, at, at a place where Stan worked out and worked. Um, and there was a ring in the back and people would spar in there. And there was one really good friend of mine who also went there. So they would let us basically no mouthpieces get in there, have a trainer on our corner and just pound each other while they, while they cheered for us. Um, I'm not sure how I wasn't in called three, over to in watch three, this. In three minute rounds. It was some ugly, ugly stuff. I can, I can only I regret, imagine. I regret that you weren't there to see the, uh, the carnage. And, and your, your two personalities too, adding to that, there's so probably would, some shit talk. It was probably, it was probably a good time. Had we would, yeah, he would, we would throw, it wasn't, Excuse me. I'm just glad there's no videotape. <laughs> I would kill for that videotape. Um, so back to this, back to this card. So in this fight, I'm picking against Volante, um, who is the underdog at a plus 170. I am as well. Uh, I've got Mikal, who looked really good against Khalil Roundtree, who was not a dissimilar fighter. In my opinion, has more power than Jan Volante. And Mikal not only took his offense, but also blocked the majority of his offense. Was able to outstrike him. Uh, uh, from a southpaw stance, if I remember correctly, and was able to take him down on occasion. I'm not sure he'll be able to take Gian down, but he should be able to win this fight by being the better, more conditioned, uh, pressure, younger fighter. Next, we've got Lucy Pudilova as she takes on, I think, her biggest uh, name opponent thus far in Luz Carmouche. Yeah, I like Carmouche a lot. Always have. Tough, tough fighter. Pretty well-rounded. Um, I'm going to go with Carmouche here. I don't know a lot about Pudilova. Uh, yeah, pretty lower from what I remember is kind of an aggressive, uh, forward-moving kickboxer. She doesn't necessarily have any other modes except for constantly throwing mm. punches, kicks, knees, and elbows at, at her opponents. She losses to Lena Landsberg. Uh, she beat Sarah Maras. She she did beat Sarah Maras, who's got good jiu-jitsu and absolutely nothing else, if I remember correctly. Um, she's from that Ultimate Fighter season. Mm-hmm. She also beat uh, she lost to Irene Aldana, and it was a very close fight that could have gone either way. Um, I'm gonna pick Carmouche here because she okay. has another mode, and that's a takedown. She should be able to take her down and control. So we've got the same pick there. This next fight is the one I'm most looking forward to. Uh, the always entertaining magician um, and his speed. And quality striking against uh, John Dodson. John Dodson against. Did I say? Did I call him something else? You call him the magician, which oh. which I'm not sure everybody would. John the uh, magician Dodson. Know. Sorry, against P- Petr Petr Jan from Russia. Definitely something Russianish there. He uh, he's he looked really good um, in his last fight. Tough dude. This is they've got wow. They have Dodson at a plus two fifty underdog. That's incredible. So the up the upside and the way people are talking about Jan, who's a minus three hundred favorite, must be yeah, you know, must be crazy. People must see this guy. Um, I was I was really impressed with him. I don't know that I put him as that much of a favorite over Dodson. Dodson has been uh, he's been losing decisions lately. Maybe a little bit slower. I don't feel like slower to the punch, but slower pulling the trigger. I feel like he ends up in uh, in some staring contests. Absolutely, um, more so than he did three, four years ago when he had that when he had that great first fight with Johnson with, with Demetrius Johnson. Came the closest before Sujudo yeah. beating him, yeah. um, and didn't do a terrible job in the second fight. But you know, didn't didn't really sniff victory. But he certainly didn't embarrass himself. Um, I guess he had that war with Lineker that I thought was extremely close. I actually thought Dodson won that. Um, Against who, sorry? Lineker. Yeah, that, that was a fairly close that fight. Was a, that was a great, that was a really good fight. Um, but then I remember the Wineland fight. He was quick, but I felt like he started, he, he wasn't pulling the trigger there. So there was but, also a decent reach disparity. I actually think I'd yeah. have given that one to Wineland. Yeah. If I was scoring it. Um, it was, I remember it was, it was weird. It was not the fight I expected it to be. Um, he beat Pedro Munoz, I mean, and then lost to Jimmy Rivera. Like, he's always in the mix. He's a real, I mean, I guess you could call him a, I guess you could call him a gatekeeper, um, you know, at, at 135. To but, the stars. but he is, uh, he's a tough dude to be a, to be a, a plus 250 underdog um, against a guy who hasn't really fought All that any contenders. And one, yeah. yeah, but he has, is, yeah, let's look at Jan, who's Jan fought? Uh, his last fight was against Douglas de, uh, Silva de Andrade. I saw that. And then, and then the uh, South Korean, if I remember correctly, Jin Soo Sun, who I believe Jin, uh, I believe Sun is a was a prospect leading into that fight. If I remember correctly, it was a prospect versus prospect matchup. Uh, but Yan beat him. 
Um, Yan has looked really good in his, in his UFC career thus far. You can't ask for much more than 3-0 with two finishes. Um, he beat up Turo Shihara in 2018. Yeah. Uh, and then competed twice more last year against Sue Sun. Big drop. Drudge. Big difference between those guys and John Dodson. I, I agree as far as, yeah, as, for the, as far as level of competition, yeah. I think for the uh, odds to have such a disparity in the odds, um, I... The odds are also dictated by, by recent bets. You have to consider that. The, the odds may have started out significantly closer. In fact, I bet they did. Mm. And they probably swung in Yan's favor because the majority of smart bettors are, are going to realize that he has the edge here. It could also be that with the fight being in Prague that there's more gambling happening in Eastern Europe. Good point. And with Maybe, it for yeah. getting behind a Russian fighter. I don't know. Um, but Although I, I tend I to think that, that, that our sports books... Uh, are driven out of Vegas. Are driven out of wherever the places are bet the, the the bets are placed for them specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know who would have taken this. Uh, I guess I'm I'm a big Dodson fan, but I do feel like there's been a decline, and uh, I'll go I'll go with Jan mostly because I want to make sure I beat you, and I'm scared that I might be wrong if I pick Dodson. I don't blame you. I'm going with Jan as well. Um, Dodson. Uh, isn't exactly losing to mediocre competition, right? Um, he's no. lost to Jimmy Rivera, Marlon Marais, John Lineker, Demetrius Johnson, and then Demetrius Johnson again before that. Now, these are solid, solid names for the division. There's no doubt about it. Um, and he's got a couple solid wins lately with Pedro Munoz and Eddie Wineland. The thing about Dotson is, I realize looking at his record right now, ever since 2015, he's gone win-loss, win-loss, yep. win-loss, win-loss. Oddly enough, he's due for a win here after having lost to Jimmy Rivera in his last bout in September. Um, I think Jan is is a solid offensive striker, and his his defense is pretty solid too for a pressure fighter. He's got, I think, about everything I could ask for from a from a pressure fighter um, because of his defense, his head movement, the angles that he cuts. Uh, he waits forward with uh, with pretty powerful strikes. He tends to put on the kind of pressure that makes people want to quit. Mm-hmm. Dalton tends to, like you said. Doesn't really pull the trigger. He will circle on the outside, stay away from me for as long as humanly possible, uh, and then hope that his one or two explosions per round win him the round. Um, I don't think that uh, Jan is going to give him the chance to breathe here. Okay. Uh, so I've got him decisively. Okay. So, uh, and let's real quick on the, the light heavyweight fight Magomed Ankalev, Ankalev versus Clidson Abreu. Um, I don't pick against Dagestanis, so. <laughs> I hear you there. Can't argue with that. I, I've got Ankalev as well. He's. He dominated against Paul Craig in his UFC debut and then got submitted in the last few seconds by a Hail Mary submission. He's actually fighting another submission fighter in, uh, in uh, Klitsen Ferreo de Abreu, uh, but that's all he's got is submissions. I expect Uncle Ive to dominate and avoid the slip on the banana peel. Um, Next up we've got... Yeah, let's, just, let's, do, let's do turbo for this seven-fight seven preliminary card where I don't really know anybody. Um. <laughs> Car- Carlo Petersoli Jr., who recently lost to... Uh, to the other cowboy in uh, in Oliveira, Alex mm. Oliveira. Yeah. Um, he is fighting... Dwight Grant. Dwight Grant. Uh, what are your thoughts, Nick? My thoughts are I'm going with uh, Carlo Jr. Um, yeah, I'm going with Petter Soli as well. I think he's going to stay busier, and Grant tends not to pull the trigger, although Grant can hurt him and finish him early, like Carlo got finished in his last bout. David Tamer against uh, Daniel Ishko. Daniel Tamer. Daniel, David, David Tamer just fought excuse and me. lost a couple of weeks oh, ago. Who did he broke lose? my heart. He Who did lost he to the to? other Oliveira. Yes, he lost to uh, he lost to uh, Charles LeBron. It hurt. And now he's fighting Chris. I really, I really like David Tamer a lot. Sorry, Daniel Tamer versus Chris Fishgold. Uh, I give Fishgold a slight edge. I, I kind of like what he did in that first round knockout loss to Calvin Qatar. Um, they're both similar in that they will. Seemingly put everything out there early in and about mm-hmm. and risk being exhausted later, hoping for a finish. Um, Tamer is significantly shorter, uh, and and so and and I think Chris Fishgold not only throws in combos but throws hard. And I like the angles he was cutting. He was avoiding most of uh, Qatar's offense until those jabs started landing. I give Fishgold the edge here. Likewise. Next up, we've got Jillian Robertson against Veronica Macedo. What do you think, Nick? Uh, I'm all about Jillian Robertson. Same, same here in this bout. I, I think Macedo's lack of takedown defense and Robertson's uh, ground game is going to lead to a first or second round submission. Uh, Michelle Prezeris, where have I seen? That's a name that rings a bell. He's a he's a very experienced UFC fighter. I think he's actually doing really well right now. On a win streak of... Oh, this guy. Well, he's got like a 10-fight win streak. One, two, three, six. Desmond Green, Josh Berkman, Gilbert Burns. 
He hasn't lost since uh, Kevin Lee four years ago, almost to the day. Back when Kevin Lee didn't really show a, a Holy cow. So he's got – this guy's riding an eight-fight. Winning streak in the UFC, yeah. By the way, he deserves – can we get him a real goddamn opponent? Excuse my language. Like, can we get this man a top tenner for Pete's sake? He's beating up all these guys that are just under that level. Like, why are we wasting our time with this matchup? By the way, against a pretty solid prospect in uh, Ismail Nardayev. Uh, from what I understand, the guy is very dynamic, very legitimate. Well, he's going to get his ass kicked. And then we've got Rustam uh, Kavilov. Who'd he, who'd he piss off to get this far down the card? Uh, wait, wait. We're both picking Prezeris? Yes. Come Great. On. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got uh, Rustam Kabila versus Carlo Diego Ferreira. Both solid fighters. This could be a main event on a card like this. Um, I think they've both faltered here and there uh, with uh, Kabilov not necessarily pulling the trigger like a couple of the other guys in this card. Yeah, Speaking of which. Yeah, decision lost to Adriano Martins. He lost to Benson Henderson on Benson's way out. Those are not, I mean. Well, when he lost to Benson, yeah. Benson was at the top of his game. He beat Masvidal. I mean, six years, well, five and a half years ago, he beat Masvidal, beat Norman Park, um, beat Yancey Medeiros. That's the fight Yancey Medeiros hurt his thumb in. Um, but he hurt his thumb because he kept slamming him again and again kept, and again. Yes, because he kept dropping him on his head. Um, I watched that in preparation for that last uh, for the Yancey Medeiros Gregor Gillespie fight. That that makes sense for that matchup. So the thing about uh, Rustam is that up until his Benson Henderson loss. He was fairly aggressive. He beat George Masvidal right before that for good reason. Yeah. Yancey Bedero's before that for good reason. Vince Pichel, was a, who was a decent prospect at least. Um, and then that Benson Henderson rear naked choke in the fourth round of their five-rounder uh, led for him to be really timid. He yeah, he was in throws. that fight though, wasn't he? He was. He wasn't uncompetitive, but he barely throws. And ever since then, every single one of his fights has been a decision. Now, yeah. he's won his last, what is it, six bouts, which is impressive against Cajun Johnson. Desmond Green is solid. Jason Sago is pretty good. Um, Chris Wade, Leandro Silva. These are Norman Park. These are fairly solid opponents that he's beating. But They're top 20. He's timid. Top 25 guys. Yeah, I agree with you. He's timid. He he hmm. barely throws offense is what worries me about, the, about this guy. But isn't he from... Is he from Dagestan? Yeah, they don't have big timid people in Dagestan. There's no timidity. Watch his fight. Okay, watch it. But I agree with you. Otherwise, watch his fight. I'm picking him. Like I said, like I said, a couple picks ago, I don't pick against Dagestanis. Uh, Uh, I'm giving him the edge too, even though I can see Carlo Diego Ferrer landing a big strike early on. Um, Yeah, I've never been impressed with him just because of the wrestling edge there. I actually think Ferrer is pretty legit. Um, but but I'm giving the edge to Kabilov, despite the fact that Carlos can land a knockout blow early. Oh, two, there's two more fights. We forgot Demir Hadzovic versus Polo Reyes. That's right. Um, who do you have in that one? That's actually very much a pick-up play. Um, I'm going to take Reyes. I am as well. Uh, I think Damn it. <laughs> Reyes' takedown option is going gonna, is gonna to make a, make a difference here. Um, and his power advantage, although Demir is tough as heck and refuses to go down. Um, I think Marco has a bit of a power advantage. Uh, there's two Demirs on the fight. Yeah, there's two Demirs. There's, the last there's a couple Demir. of Yans if you if you count Yan Blackowitz yeah. along with Peter Yan. Yeah, and there's also a bunch of guys who have beat Desmond Green. I think there's two <laughs> Mikels, one Brazilian and one and one. Uh, uh, what, what is it? Czechoslovakian yeah. or, or, uh, or Polish? Uh, a lot of common names in this card. It's kind of weird. Uh, Demir. Uh, next, in the final fight is Demir uh, is Magulov versus. Uh, Joel or Yoel uh, Alvarez. Um, in the case of this bout, I'm going to go with uh, Demir. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you there. I, I just needed to look up, uh, look up exactly where Demir was. There are a lot of Eastern European names here that, that are hard to read. And so I've, I've gotten some of them confused. His opponent, by the way, looks really solid, but he's making his UFC debut. Um, and uh, and I'm giving Demir the edge. So what are the okay? So where are we picked against one another? I think the it main might, event. I think is it really just the main event? I think so, Nick. It's all going to hinge on yeah. that. And I'll be honest with you, in almost every case, when you and I differ on one or two fights, you win. So I'm giving you the edge <laughs> in this one. I was confident last week. I'm giving know. you the edge. In I'm, this sure the, I'm sure the I'm sure Santos has a lot of stupid ideas that are going to lead. hundred oh, percent. I think it was you who said he doesn't have the highest fight IQ. No. But I do think he's building a certain experience level in how to fight in a constant frenzy. Like um, axe kick into a spinning elbow. <laughs> right. <laughs> like but but, but, but I, I think he used to panic more uh, yeah. in those situations really than he strong. does now. Yeah. 
I which mean, is partly what attributes to his recent success. But again, he's also going up to 205 and fighting a bunch of shitty fighters. Excuse me, but this is yeah, a bad a division bad, outside bad of the division. top couple guys. And uh, It's been a bad division for a while. It's been a bad division since they brought Patrick Cummins up to fight Daniel Cormier. <laughs> I agree. I think, <laughs> I don't, I'm just I, making I, that up. I, I don't I, know if that was I personally, the moment. But. Uh, I, 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 oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, been a bad everybody, division everybody, for a long, everybody long time. Got, you know, John Jones beat everybody. In a, you know, either everyone got old and, they be, and John Jones beat them or John Jones beat everyone and they got old. One more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, it actually happened right around the same time. John Jones faced a bunch of legends in a row, did really well against them, yeah. um, and some of them were at the tail end of their their, their like their their prime. Well, he had Rashad, Rashad's resurgence where he was training with the Black Zillions and he schooled Phil Davis in a gorgeous. Performance. I don't think Rashad ever and really then, had a resurgence. He had that fight. That fight against Phil Davis was he. Hundred percent. That, that was probably that was Rashad it. Evans' best win. He was incredible. Um, but um, I, I don't know that. That was like, the last time, though. But yeah, besides that one fight post Jones, I don't know. That I mean, Rashad I think he Evans... beat. I think he beat Chell, but like. Yeah, but that's so Chell Sonnen. Yeah. Like that. That doesn't really say much. Uh, ever since that. Ever since that. Uh, and we're going off on a tangent here, but I love our tangents. Ever since that, John Jones loss. He lost to Nogueira, beat Henderson and Sonnen, and then continued to. And I thought I thought I thought Henderson won that fight. Also, oh, is it, wait, was this, that was a split decision. Was the Jackson? Was the Phil Davis fight before? The Phil Davis fight was oh, before Phil the Davis John Jones was way fight. Before John, yeah, that's back when he was. That's oh no, it wasn't well, no, right there before. Was, it was, no, right, it was right before. It, it was the that's very what last got fight him the John Jones, Jones fight. Yeah. Well, well, that he, was almost that was, was seven years ago now. Jeez, I hate MMA time. Yeah, it's uh, but but again, he just he just went straight down from there. He only had two wins ever since that Phil Davis win back in 2012. Nick, I mean, the guys had a hard time. The guys had a real rough time ever since that Jones fight. Um, that will uh, call the end to this podcast. We're actually going to have yeah. music sooner. We're expecting this is our to. longest our longest show because yeah. we because we were just like loose and riffing. Yeah, yeah, we were right. longest by a couple of minutes, I think. Uh, thank you guys once again for listening, and, yeah. and for anybody that made it to the end of this podcast. Um, I just want to say that I that I have strong, heartfelt feelings for you. And the only way that you can claim that you listen to this podcast is if you can repeat that to me. <laughs> Nicely done, Stan. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I think... Oh, well, after, next week uh, we'll be back because there's a giant pay-per-view. Yeah. you got Joan Smith. Uh, you've got um, Funky Ben Askren against Robbie Lawler. You've got Tyron Woodley against... Uh, Excellent. What's, against, Excellent. What's his name? Main card. Uh, what's his name? Oh my God! Who's Woodley fighting? Uh, Woodley is fighting uh, Kumar. Uh, Usman. <laughs> yeah. Usman Kamara. Kumar Usman. Kumar, yeah. We're both screaming. Who? What, what was it that uh, Ben Askren called him? Dave? Or, no, or? he calls him. Um, he calls Marty. Him Marty. Because that was what they I that what they used to call him. That brilliant. was who he used to go by Marty. I think that attack oh, ben, is so brilliant. Oh, it's hilarious. Ben Askren. I don't know who this Kamara Usman guy is. I, I knew him as Marty. He ben was just Marty in their training room. Ben Askren's hilarious. He was very funny today, trolling GSP about retiring before fighting him. Also, but um, as long as he kept it funny and, and didn't I, get offensive, I don't he was that. pretty funny. I hope. I really hope. Uh, I hope. GSP's day is retired. And on that note, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for listening, guys.